The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel, americabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got a fantastic show. I'm really excited. This one came together really quickly. I didn't know this one was coming. Uh, thanks to last week's guest, uh, Frank Keck. Uh, I got a, an email and, and Justin um, and, and put this show together. So I'm excited. We'll talk about it here in just a second. Uh, fantastic week. Was in South Carolina this week. Visited with clients. Visited with several people there. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, some exciting things happening this weekend. So I'll be out at Camicon uh, here right in uh, hometown Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, so for those listeners that are listening here in town, I'll be out there uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and one of my great friends, uh, Dee Dee Magno Hall, is, is in town. Uh, so the voice of Pearl uh, from Steven Universe, she's in town uh, with her amazing husband, Clifton. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing them. They're here in town and we're going to be visiting with them. And, uh, of course, uh, she's a member, former member of the party, former, former member of the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, and we're doing uh, our best to get them on the show here uh, with the amazing story that they have in, in balancing, you know, work life and, and home life and, and being parents and, and being entertainers uh, as they just came off of doing the, the national tour of If Then. So uh, we're trying to get them on the show here and hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. Um, we've got some upcoming uh, speaking engagements. I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. But the big, big news is uh, it sounds like Tuesday is going to be the official launch date of No Day But Today. So the book that's been in my heart for five years uh, is is done. It's, it's ready to go. And I just heard back uh, from my publishing partner that I believe Tuesday is going to be the official launch date of No Day But Today. So more to come on that. Uh, but hopefully next Friday we'll be talking about the launch. And all the listeners out there that have been texting me and, and hitting me up on Twitter and all that, um, you know, you can do your part in, in helping us hit that uh, bestseller mark that we're, we're going after on that. So let's get to today's show. So today's show, everybody knows me as as somebody who likes to be silly in, in, in the workplace for sure. I've, uh, you know, in fact, my, my sense of humor uh, it could be known as my career limiting move uh, at points. Uh, in time, certainly when I was younger, but uh, certainly somebody who likes to have a lot of fun. And so today's guest is, is certainly no different. However, a little bit different is that he, he takes humor seriously. Uh, he has a funny way of helping people perform at their best by embracing their sense of humor. As an entrepreneur and father of four, and certainly a pain in the neck to the world's most beautiful bride, his, his mantra is, when life is hard, laugh harder. He shows people how humor can help them deal with change and stress, failure, difficult people, and the lint that collects on the shower floor after wearing a new pair of socks. And that happens to be black socks that we're talking about. And we're talking about real 
real problems here, gang. As a humorist and keynote speaker, he helps people uh, see how humor can help make them healthier, more productive, more creative, better problem solvers, and more fun to be around. And, and I mean, this is the exact stuff that we're talking about around work-life balance. I mean, we've been in those meetings that they've been drags, they've been horrible, and they're not fun to be around. But when you are laughing, when you are having a good time with each other, you certainly are being more productive. And, and this is a fantastic message to be sending. His keynote presentations are interactive. They're hilarious. And it's which is what makes his message stick in people's brains a lot longer than peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. Uh, he teaches that happiness is directly related to one's ability to laugh at life and that humor can be found in nearly any situation. He uses only clean humor, no naughty words, and he's been making audiences laugh for over a dozen years. He's performed at corp- as a corporate comedian in all 50 states except Hawaii, Alaska, and like 18 others. Uh, he's open for comedians like Sinbad, and uh, I, I don't know how to say the other one. I'll let him say it. And he's a certified speaking professional, uh, which is like the black belt of public speaking. Uh, so don't mess with him because his humor is lethal. He's also a self-published author of Share Your Magic which is his best-selling book of all time, mainly because it's his only book. Uh, Devin uh, has written this bio himself, uh, which is challenging and actually kind of weird. So let's bring him onto the show, Devin Henderson. Devin, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Rick. Man, how's it going with you? It's going fantastic. Now, listen, you know, Frank said, "Hey, listen, you you want another guest for your show?" Because uh, he had heard that that I was going to be flying this next one solo, and I said, "Sure." And so I didn't know much about you. And, and, and like anybody who who's wanting to do a, a responsible job in, in hosting a radio show, uh, I, I went out and started to do some research on you, and I, I found these YouTube videos. And, and I, I got to tell you, Devin, I am an instant fan. I am an instant fan. You do this thing, um, and for anybody that, that's listening, go out and just put Devin Henderson into YouTube, and, and you have your eSpeaker profile, one that you did. You did one uh, where you were on uh, a morning show, but the thing that you do with toilet paper, and I just want to jump right into oh, hey, a couple hey, hey, things before we get in there. about that trick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling out. you, man. Oh, but you're, I, you're talking about the thing on stage. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, go, yeah, on, yeah, go on. Go on. I'm going to but I have to tell you, my business partner, Carrie Blaze, um, I was at a client site um, in South Carolina. I showed it to them. I must have shown that to like 15 different people. I man, I am a huge fan already, Devin. I got to tell you, buddy. Wow. So why don't you well, introduce yourself to, to the audience for a moment? Thanks, man. I, I would love to do that. But I'm, I'm kind of speechless right now because, dude, um, in your introduction for yourself today, on the, you were talking about your, like, your friends with the superhero. For sure, Pearl, that's and funny. I know that's Pearl what, personally. I, I, I'm guilty. I don't watch the show, but what are Pearl's superpowers? So she can, like, more – you have to ask my son, man. I, I don't watch the show. I'll be honest with you. I love Pearl, but I, I will tell you a quick story on that. Uh, so we, we had done a, a album that never really saw uh, – it you know, came to fruition, but we released a song – uh, just you know, for the fans, the diehard fans that have been party fans for 20 years, but it took a life of its own on YouTube because of Dee Dee's uh, uh, connection to Steven Universe. And so, the the if you YouTube Pearl's secret rap career, you you can see this video. But on my phone, I have the reveal of Dee Dee rapping for the first time ever in her career. And we were doing the playback in the studio. So when I showed my son that video, I became his hero for the first time. So that's uh, that's my connection to DD is pretty cool. Nice. That is that is, you're a good man to know. I yeah. That's good, man. Well, sorry, sorry for the uh yeah, rabbit trail there. But man, yeah, 
it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me, man. This is this is cool what you what you're doing because there is like so much imbalance with work and life, and I'm speaking from experience that the fact that you focus on how to how to work that out and work through your issues. That's cool, man. People need this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about humor. You know, I've, my, I'm married. I have kids. Um, when life's hard, laugh harder, man. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm with you. And, and why mean, is that son, so important to you, though, man? Why, why is why is humor and laughter so important to this world? Especially now, man. One of, one of my great friends on Facebook, and to give you the quote, he just posted something the other day. He says, man, please make Facebook funny again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, I think Jimmy Buffett said it best. This is the best summary for me. He said in his song, Attitudes and Latitudes, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. Amen. And I think Amen. a lot of us are insane because we haven't been laughing. And I think, I think we just have to bring it back, you know, and, and we don't have to be, com- we don't all have to be comedians to bring humor into our lives and into the workplace. It's just about our perspective. You know, you, you always hear people say, hey, man, Bob, Bob has a great sense of humor. Well, Bob has chosen to have a good sense of humor. You know, we all have the same capacity to laugh and to have that same sense of humor Bob does. He has just exercised that muscle more than we have. And so I just encourage people, start working out again, work out your humor muscle, bring it back, start laughing, keep your mind. That's what, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, and, and I, I'll tell you, I'm blessed to have a fantastic business partner in, in Kerry Blaze, and uh, he and I have worked together for years, and I used to report to him at, at a bank that we worked at, but the, the best part of our day was the first thing in the morning, we'd come in, just visit with each other, and we'd start our day with a laugh every day, mm-hmm. and and yeah. now that we're, you know, we work together now, but we kind of both work out of our own home offices, and, and we miss working at the bank for the fact that we can't start, and we still try to. We still try to check in with each other every morning and, and do that. But that was the best part of the day was was that you know seven fifteen a.m. check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to start off the day, man. That's that's waking up on the right side of the bed right there, able to make each other laugh. You know, I think it's I think it's great when people do use Facebook and YouTube, and there's so many funny videos circulating, and I think those things are great. I think sometimes what people forget is that those videos that go viral. Uh, like the guy falling down for nine seconds on ice, you know, the, or the guy punching the kangaroo in the face. I mean, that, that all comes from real life. And sometimes we get so caught up in the technology, we forget to just enjoy real life and, and enjoy all the funny stuff that's happening around us. Because it's all around us. Um, it, we, just, we just don't see it. We just don't observe it, you know. And that's, that's really what comedians and humorists do. We just look at life from just a little, we cock our head a little bit and say, okay, what's, what's funny about this, you know? Um, especially with our problems, um, issues that are going on, if we just look at it a little bit differently, it can help us just deal with daily stress. So, I mean, how when you say exercise your muscle, and, and, and I've met some people who are completely 100% not funny. Um, and so how <laughs> – Right. <laughs> right. We, we, we know those people. But, I yeah. mean, when you say exercise your muscle, what, what, are, what are some things that you think – um, people ought to do to to exercise that muscle, or or you know, start to get down that path, or even just flip that switch and change that mood. Yeah, yeah. I think we just have to have fun, and and by fun I mean hang around people, do activities that you like to do, hang out with the people that you like to laugh with. Um, I know that I'm so busy; it's hard for me to have guy friends anymore because I spend so much time with my wife and kids, who you know I love them more than anyone in the world. 
But I forget, and I, and I laugh with them, of course, but I forget. I just got to be with my friends and laugh about different things, you know. And I think just getting back to the basics, honestly, of having fun and acting like a kid again. Um, you hang around kids. That, that is a great way to exercise that humor muscle. They teach you so much about just to enjoy just the little things in life, you know. And you, you look at what a kid will laugh at, and you just kind of think, that's, that's not funny to me, you know. Um, but if you think about it long enough, it is funny. You know, kids, kids love bathroom humor. So most of my, my jokes with my kids revolves around bathroom humor. So I think that's just one way, just getting back to the basics of having fun. Uh, I, I think also it's, it's just remembering to, to get perspective on life. Because to me, again, humor is all about your perspective, taking, taking a step back. Because when you can get distance from your problems, you can see them more with the bird's eye view and realize, okay, these problems aren't so big. And when you start to realize that, you start to realize better how to deal with those issues. And humor is the, is the thing that gives you that distance from your problems. And that's how you gain that perspective. And so just remembering to do that. And when I, I know when I take a step back, when I take a deep breath, when I put my work down for a few hours, when I, when I go take a walk, I start to get that perspective. And then I can actually start to laugh at some of the things that I was about to cry about an hour before. So two basic things for you right there. Have fun and just remember to get perspective. And, and just in case anybody's keeping track, we're 14 minutes in, into the show with two guys talking about humor, and that's how long it took before we started talking about fart jokes. Is that, is that essentially uh, yeah, it? Yeah, I tried to get to it faster. I'm sorry, but, you know, we had some other stuff to do. Yeah, well, but that's that's how long it takes before we can digress, and 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 that's essentially what you know guys think is is funny universally generally. Absolutely, that's, absolutely, that's man. What guys think are funny. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our first break right here, but while we're away, please go check out Devin Henderson, and when you do watch his video, you're going to find out why you should never wear a watch around Devin. So check that out on YouTube real quick. Go find out what what Devin's all about, and uh, we're going to talk to you on the other side of this break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com. 
your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back on another Friday. We're visiting here uh, with Devin Henderson. And, uh, you, you know, to be honest, Devin, I can't really – normally I say, you know, project manager Devin Henderson or I say, you know, this is what Devin Henderson is. And when I was doing research, you know, I found a, a TED Talk, too, that you had done, which was was amazing, where you had blindfolded yourself and, and had somebody find, you know, uh, money out there. And I don't want to give it away because I want people to go see it for themselves and really experience what I experienced. Uh, but that trick, even though you know what you had done was amazing, which you know I classify as magic. So I've seen you do magic tricks. I've seen you do motivational speaking. Uh, I, I've seen you do humor, and so I really don't know what to say. You do so. Could you talk to me a little bit about you know how you've evolved and, and what you're doing for organizations, and, and just kind of educate us on that. Yeah, I don't really know what I do either, Rick. I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but but I'll give her a shot. How about that? That sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, like, 26 years ago, when I was a kid, I started doing magic as a hobby, and that's really kind of where it started. Uh, that, and also, I have a big music background with my family, so we were always about being up on stage, entertaining people, trying to perform at our best. And then, once I realized that I, I was going to be a professional magician. It was like, okay, um, you know, fresh out of college, I'm just going to go give this a whirl. I had this entrepreneurial fire lit within me. Um, opted not to go back and get a master's in counseling because I thought I, I'm going to be a magician. And so that was that was 13 years ago, and it took off because I was so on fire. I was marketing myself. I was already accomplished as a sleight of hand artist because I had already been doing it uh, for about a dozen years at that point. So it kind of started there, and it grew, and it went from birthday parties to church shows to corporate events, and then somebody encouraged me one day, this magic is going somewhere else. This is just kind of the starting place for you. And for me, I was thinking, no, I've arrived. I'm at the end. This is it. This is awesome. This is all I need. And someone encouraged me, you have, there's a message in what you do, and you need to share that message. And that was, that was a light bulb moment for me. I said, what do I have to teach? You know, I, I haven't never worked in corporate America. What could I possibly bring to corporate America that would be of value? So that's when I started really doing some soul searching and do I have a message? And if I do, what is it? How can I share it? Can magic be a part of it? And so I just started, you know, try, kind of forcing some messages. One of my first messages was, uh, uh, if, uh, what was it called? Schmooze them or lose them. 
And it was all about um, client interaction, you know, keeping your clients because you're treating them well and you're sending them greeting cards after, after an engagement. Uh, and then it, then it went to more, okay, schmoozing, it's kind of a word that turns people off um, or potentially can. So then it switched to share your magic, whatever your magic is. Um, if it's your sense of humor, if it's your attitude, if it's your smile, um, if it's some gift you've been blessed with, such as an you know, you can paint or you have a musical ability or you're an athlete, share that somehow. Share that with people. Coach people, teach people, whatever it is. Perform for people. That's your magic. Um, and then something happened. Uh, all of a sudden, I fell out of love with the art of magic. Just <clears throat> magic lost its magic for me. And then and, and so many, I, I can't really, really say exactly how or why or even really when that happened, uh, it, was, it was approximately four or five years ago, and it was just like, I don't want to do this forever. You've probably been there, Rick, where you're like, yeah, there's got to be something more than this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so finally, I, I started, something hit me uh, between the eyes. All those years of doing magic shows, the biggest compliment that I got afterwards wasn't, wow, that was amazing. The, the compliment I enjoyed the most was, hey, you're really funny. And that's what I wanted to be was funny. And I, I think we all, if we, you know, are really truthful with ourselves, we want to be able to make people laugh. We want to be the funny person um, and, and just kind of be the center of attention. At least that's me. I just have this, ah, I want to be the center of attention. Um, and I, that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on, on what you do with that desire. And then I finally realized, you know, comedy is... It's kind of like the new magic for me. It's, it's replacing that boyhood love that I, that I have for magic. So then that's when I started really studying stand-up comedy, watching other comedians like Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan, the people that are really funny and really clean, uh, but, you know, those values align with, with what I would do from stage, um, you know, and, and I perform in churches and corporate events. And so um, whether you have those values or not, in those situations you have to be clean or you're not going to get asked back. So it kind of went from there, and, and then I started meeting these other speakers who call themselves humorists and realized, oh, they talk about how humor can help you in life. And so then it went to, okay, um, now I have some mentors and people who, who teach me, okay, um, it's good to be funny on stage, but, but that's what you do as a comedian. As a humorist, you really help people um, keep laughing after you get off the stage. So now they can go and they can laugh in life. They can laugh at work. They can laugh at their problems, and they can laugh at themselves, and it's going to just make them... Uh, it's going to make their mind sharper. You know, it's going to make them more creative. It's going to make them more productive, better communicators, better decision makers, able to deal with difficult people. And I've been talking for a really long time here, Rick. No, no, no. And, and, and the reason why – now, I'll tell you, the reason why I'm letting you go is, is it's so very interesting. So, you know, and, and, and you asked me, if, you know, did, did I have that point? And I did too. And, you know, I've circled around, and, and so I'm – been a project manager for for most of my life and then there's some point where i thought maybe i wasn't going to do this anymore and all of a sudden i thought i was going to be a music producer and, and, and mm-hmm. that did, didn't work out really well um and in but but it allowed me to redefine or, or refocus on what my passion was and, and just like you you know the the compliments that that i enjoy most when i'm doing you know my keynotes and in seminars is is when, you know, I'm funny and, and, and people come back and say, you know, I've been to a lot of these project management seminars and, you know, yours were either funny or inspiring, right? Those are the two compliments I enjoy the most um, yeah. is that, you know, wow, I remember you, uh, you know, I just did one in Nashville uh, a couple of weeks ago and a lady said, you know, I heard you like eight years ago in, in Arkansas and, and I've never forgotten, 
You know, those yeah. those are the things that sit with you the most. Yep. And certainly why we do this, right? You put yourself on stage, um, and it's not ego-driven. It, you know, it's it's hard to sit back and, Mine is. and describe Mine is. that, right? Yeah, well, no, yeah, but but it really isn't, though. You know what I mean? It's it, it's what, you know, we're, we're hoping to inspire for, for, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it certainly does pad the ego. There, there, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, you got to keep it in check, for sure. Um of course, there's the days where you, you feel like you're rocking on stage and your head's, like, huge. And then the next day, you perform for, like, a group of, um, you know, uh, people who aren't like the group that I performed for yesterday. They're not, so, they're not so audibly loud and, you know, even though they might be having a good time. And you, you kind of feel like you bombed. Like, wait a minute. That oh. wasn't life last week. And oh, that's a horrible so there's, feeling. There's yeah, humbling moments when you're, a, when you're a public speaker. For sure. For sure, but so yeah. anyway, you were speaking for a long time, but so so has has the the spark for magic ever come back, or is that just done? No, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's funny because I'm you know I, I'm still asking myself what do I want to be when I grow up because I'm like, well, I thought I wanted to be a magician, and now my passion is humor and helping people use humor to cope with life. But who knows what's next? I mean, maybe in ten years I'll get tired of this, and and then I'll move on to the next thing. But to, to tell you the truth, I right now where my mind is. I could put my bag of tricks away forever, never touch them again, and be completely happy. Like, it's just like I got my fill of it. I'm, I'm just done with it. I just don't even want to do it anymore. However, um, that's how I, magic is how I've branded myself, you know, for the last 13 years. And so most of my clients and friends know me as a magician or a mentalist. So it's really hard to make that branding change. And, of course, my mentors, my family, my friends, everybody, they're all smarter than me, and they're saying, dude, you have this skill, you have this ability that you can use alongside of the humor um, to, to keep going. And, and I think in the long run that's true. But sometimes, you know, I'm like, I, I see myself always holding on to the magic a little bit and, and using it because I do use it to make illustrations about how humor can help us, like, um, like the toilet paper thing that you, you were talking about. And we can talk about that in a minute if you want to. But I use that is an analogy. And so I'm like, if people enjoy the magic, it's memorable. Why not do it? But I think the place I'm at right now is that I'm just so done with it that I kind of have to put it aside for a little bit and really focus on comedy. And then maybe once I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm okay. Now I got this comedy thing rolling. I'm good. I'm going to maybe bring the magic back in a little bit. You know, I just, I don't know where it's going. I just take it, take it day by day right now. So does that that make any, any sense at all? No, it absolutely does, and and you know the 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 funniest thing is, is two two things I w- I want to say, and then we're going to take a quick break here and, and and let people ruminate on that. So one, you know, you you said the term, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? But I I I think the, you know, I don't think we ever grow up. The moment you stop growing mm-hmm. is the is the moment you're done. So that's that 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 term's gone. The other yeah. thing is is the more you know. The, the the less magic there is, I think, right? So the, the funny thing is, is it's like the, the whole point of magic is not knowing how the trick is done. And so I wonder how much of that became a, a little burnout in that scenario for you, right? And, and you being the, the kid of the, the situation and not wanting to grow up. Does that make sense in, in, in the sense uh, yeah, of... Yeah, I think it's a big, I think it's one of the big reasons why. It's not the only reason, but it's definitely a part of it. Right? I mean, it's it, the magic is... How did he do that? Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, you know how you did it. <laughs> and right. so, right. to no, me, I think that, yeah. 
I love magic because I don't want to know how it's done. And the moment that I figured it out, and the moment I know how that guy does that, I'm not that interested. And yeah, uh, yeah. so that bothers me a little bit. So I wonder if, how much of that, you know, plays into to you wanting to move on to, in, into into wowing people in other ways. So anyway, so while we're on on break, go to devinhenderson.com, but that's spelled D-E-V-I-N henderson.com you can go see how to book devin how to bring him into your corporate events again you just heard him if you want to have somebody come into your corporation and and have a great time laugh maybe coerce him into doing a magic trick uh for your event you can find out how to book him right there devinhenderson.com you can find him on twitter as well and uh, if you want to see a preview of what he does he's got some fantastic videos out on youtube we're going to be right back with him here on the work-life balance you're listening to rick morris Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And we're back to the work-life balance, visiting with, uh, you know, we're just going to say jack of all trades, Devin Henderson. You, you call him what you want to call him because I'm not going to label this guy. But, uh, Devin, look, we've teased this whole toilet paper thing, you know, three, four times now. Can you please explain the toilet paper thing to the audience now? Let's do it. It's, it's, it's an old trick. Um, it's where basically um, you can use anything. I use toilet paper, and I get, I get somebody on stage from the crowd. They don't know what's going to happen. Um, we just take some toilet paper, uh, just a little, little about four or five squares long, roll up into a ball, um, and they're standing beside me. So that when I hold the toilet paper in my hand, it's a little ball. We play the game of which hand is it in. So as the magician, of course, I can make it switch from one hand to the other if I need to. So the audience is laughing. They're into it. But really what happens is at some point I flip the, the paper ball over their head. So from right in front of their face, I flip it back behind their head, and they don't see this happening, even though it's happening right in front of their face. The audience is thinking, how is the person not seeing that he's throwing it right in front of their face and back over their head? So they're concentrating on my hands, trying to guess which hand it's in. Well, it ends up in neither hand, and I repeat this two or three times. And then I do it with a giant wad of toilet paper. You know, I get the big one, I cup it into my hands, toss it over, the person's head. So, so the audience is seeing these paper balls flying everywhere over this person's head, this person, but they're completely oblivious, just thinks these balls are disappearing. Well, in the process of doing this, of handling the person, I lift their watch because I'm, I'm a pickpocket also. That uh, you are. That you are. Yeah. You did that on live television too, which was hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh good, man. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, um, you know, this used to just be the, the trick. It was like, that's the trick. Okay, goodbye. You're done. You know, that's, that's how it works into a magic show. Well, what I, this is a good example of where this magic background is going to come into my brand now as a humorist because I, I do this trick in my humor keynote. My, my keynote is called When Life's Hard, Laugh Harder. So I talk about trying to, you know, get perspective. If you want to live a life of humor, get perspective on life. And after I set the person down, I ask the crowd, what did you guys have? that, you know, John didn't have. And I say, first of all, fun, you know, and they laugh about that. Then I say, second of all, perspective, because you all were out there. You saw everything that was happening. And when we're too close to a situation, when we're too close to our problems, we're confused, we're frustrated, we're angry. But if we're able to take a step back, everything becomes more clear. Everything makes sense. And like I said earlier in the program, humor is what gives you that distance from your problems that allows you to have that perspective so you can deal with your problems in a healthy way. That's well done. That's well done. Yeah, it's it's funny, and and of course they get their watch back at the end. So you didn't really well, lift it. Okay. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if I like them, sure. That's right. And so, I mean, I think that's interesting. And but you know, some people though don't take kindly to humor. I mean, sometimes yep. you know, people find that to, to be difficult. Don't want. So, you know, and, and I've certainly had some very tense situations. I've had some, and, and you know, again, I, you know, I'm Irish Italian. It means I can drink and I can fight and it generally happens in that order. Right. So, yeah. you know, w- when there's difficult situations though, sometimes humor doesn't get you out of that. And no, can that no. be true? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And difficult situations, difficult people, usually difficult situations come from, from difficult people, or at least a lot of the time they do. And um, in fact, you know, our buddy Frank Keck, who was on the radio show last week, the people whisper, the 60-second coach, my good buddy. Um, we're, we're from here in Kansas City. We have another guy here in Kansas City, a speaker. His name is Stephen Iverson, and he, he talks all about dealing with difficult people, and he has a book called Chasing Porcupines, How to Handle Prickly People, or something very, very clever, very, very uh, talented speaker. 
Um, and, I, and I think in terms of, of humor, the way we deal with difficult people, the first thing I like to ask myself when someone's being difficult is why are they being difficult? And not asking that in the sense that I have to know in order to deal with this person, but it reminds me, in, in scope of this whole work-life balance thing, there might be something serious going on in their life. There might be some serious yeah. imbalance somewhere that's causing them to be difficult. And it's, this is just manifesting itself in their behavior, in their, in their attitude at work. And so we, it, rather than looking at that person and just, you know, um, brushing them off or, or stabbing them back or, you know, our natural human reaction, pausing, step like, see the toilet paper, get back, look at it, you know, and from a different angle. And this is what comedians do, you know. And this isn't to be funny in this situation, but humor teaches us just pause, breathe, think, um, what could be going on with this person and talk and, and listen to this person. Like you and I talked about on the break, you know, John Maxwell told you, you know, listen to people, really listen to what they have to say. Um, you, you might find out what's going on. You might actually be able to help them. So that, that's one way to deal with difficult people is just pause and, and maybe, maybe try to search for what's going on. Um, and I think, another, you know, the other way to deal with difficult people is leading by example. Um, when things go wrong, you know, uh, whether it's technology, um, something breaks down, you're working on a project as a manager, you don't get the funding that you need, life happens, right? Changes come at you. How do you handle it, you know? Do you throw the stapler at the wall if you still have a stapler, um, or, or do you laugh about it? And, and what you do is most likely what your team is going to do. Um, and and that, that's how you lead with humor. You just you set an example and let people follow. Yeah, it depends if the stapler's red or not. So that's Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. <laughs> if it's a swing line, you can throw it against any wall, it'll be fine. But beyond that, I don't know. Well, and so speaking of difficult situations or trying to lead in difficult situations, I, I, I see that, you know, you've got four daughters and one on the way. So first of all, good gracious, Devin, you've yeah, got to you laugh. Um, but God. <laughs> yeah, he's got the sense of humor for sure. He's funny. I've got he's... one daughter and I have to have a radio show as my counselor. Um, so, <laughs> but, but apparently, well, I mean, so... Do you do you share stories? You know, again, you have to, right? Share oh, stories oh, about yeah. what, what's happened there on stage, and, and talk yeah. talk to us about that. It's a rule when you're a comedian, you have to talk about your family, especially if you have all daughters. It's just, it's just the way that it goes. Uh, wow, you know, I, I share so many stories. I, I have a song called "The Girl Talk Song," and it's just <laughs> random things they've said over the years uh, that I've written down. <laughs> I've recorded these things, and it's how I end my show. Uh, things like, hey, look at that squirrel giving that other squirrel a piggyback right up the tree. <laughs> Wait a minute. My boy, <laughs> I got to share this one. My, we're, 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 I think we're in Jamaica. I'm driving a Jeep. My wife goes, look, Siamese dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is awesome. That, that reminds me, just the, just the other day, my daughter said, hey, dogs are people, too. <laughs> so my, I think my favorite one that I share, well, I got a couple favorites. I'll share two more with you. Uh, one time, we, when we were in Taco Bell, my daughter said, Daddy, I'm good at tooting. But you're the best. <laughs> and then my other favorite one, Mommy and Daddy, why are you guys naked? 
nice. And I never have answers. I just I don't know how to answer these questions. You know these questions, but 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 yeah, I talk about the girls all the time. You know, and and of course, any any time I do any stand up on stage as a humorist, there, there's a point to these stories, right? I don't just do humor for the sake of making people laugh. Um, there's life lessons in them. We last last month we were um, getting a Christmas tree at Home Depot because you know. Um, I don't know. You get Christmas trees at Home Depot. It's, it's sad, isn't it? When I was a kid, we went to the tree lot. Now we go to Home Depot because we're in a hurry. But sure. I had two of my two oldest daughters with me, Claire and Charlotte, and then they had their friend, Tori, uh, with them. And so we'd gotten our Christmas trees, and then they were giving away free hot chocolate there, uh, where, where you check out. And so the girls got hot chocolate, no lids. Of course. No lids, of course. So, so I'm thinking, okay, don't let them bring it in the car. Of course, what do I do? I let him bring it in the car and I'm they're getting in the back seat and I'm up on top tying the, the tree to the, you know, to the luggage rack with the twine. And I hear, uh Oh, uh, dad, don't get mad. And immediately <laughs> I knew, <laughs> duh, yeah, I knew what had happened. And I just, uh, and I got down and it was worse than I pictured it in my mind. And they were like standing up, running out of the car. It was, it was all over the back seat. And I was mad. Of course I'm, I'm human. I'm a dad. I, I tried not to show it. I was like, all right, go get some paper towels. Come clean it up. You know, um, wasn't very nice about it. Wasn't yelling, you know. Wasn't screaming at him, but clean it up. You spilled it. Clean it up. So they got paper towels. Now kids stink at cleaning up hot chocolate off of a back seat, as you can imagine. So I knew, okay, when we get home, I have a new project. I'm going to be cleaning the rest of this seat. So it was. It was. We started driving home, and it was silent. It was quiet. It was weird. It was awkward. And my friend just, I heard her whisper to my daughters, your dad's pretty mad, isn't he? And they're like, yeah, he's pretty mad. And that's when I realized, man, this is, I, I just sucked all the fun out of what we were having. And, and that's when I, I got that perspective, you know, that I've been talking about. Okay, what's funny about this? And then the first thing I thought was, first of all, there's worse things that can be spilled in the back seat than hot chocolate. You know this, Rick. Oh, yeah. Way worse things. And we've laughed about that stuff in the past. And I thought, why can't I laugh about this? And so I said, hey, girls, who peed the hot chocolate in the backseat anyway? <laughs> and, of course, you bring up the word pee, and nine-year-old girls love that. So they bust out laughing. And that moment right there where I brought humor into it, a joke, was, it was a diffuser of that situation. Uh, just the tension was completely gone. You could just feel it. Before you could cut the tension with the knife, now nothing. And it was back to, oh, you know, pointing, you know, looking out the window, pointing things, singing songs. Um, but it needed that release. And then, oddly enough, the rest of the day, uh, we were putting up Christmas lights on the house, and we all worked together beautifully. And um, I don't mean to make this sound like a story that a speaker tells, but hey, everything was perfect. But I, I really think that when you experience that kind of moment, together, where there's tension and then it's released, um, you're, you're going to work together better as a team. You're, you're going to come together, you're going to collaborate, and you're going to work through other problems later that you're going to laugh when other things go wrong, and it, it's just contagious. So, and then that's just one example. Um, my, my wife, uh, so here's the thing, we homeschool our kids. I don't always share that because, you know, you get the, oh, you're one of those. Uh, yes, I'm one of those. Uh, we have our own reasons for homeschooling. You know, one of them is because I travel so much. It's nice to just, I can, I can be with the kids a lot. Um, it's, it, it's not for everybody, but it works for us. But um, my wife is here with the kids all day long, constantly. Uh, and so I'm always teaching people, you know, think more like a comedian. That's one thing I teach people, think like a comedian. And my wife has taken that concept and just like, 
take it all, she sprinted with it, and she always picks a word of the year, and her to, to sort of like just meditate on, concentrate on, focus on, and her word this year is laugh. And when she told me that her word of the year is laugh, I was so proud of her. I was like, yes, th- this is what a homeschool mom of four girls, and you're pregnant. This is what you need more than anything right now, is you need to loosen up laugh. Things are not going to go perfectly. Hot chocolate's going to be spilled in the back seat. This morning, our two-year-old woke up with throw-up in her hair. We don't even oh, know yeah. when that happened. You know, I don't know what happened <laughs> at midnight. It could have been three days ago. I, I don't know when that happened, but uh, so my wife just let her eat breakfast with throw-up in her hair. I mean, you know, you know, the unusual response is, I'll get her in the bathtub, clean it up. My wife's like, whatever. Wasn't even stressful. We just laughed about it. Um, it wouldn't have, a year ago, I don't think we could have. I think we would have been freaking out, you know, calling the doctor. And now we're just like, yeah, whatever. So it, it's so good to be able to lighten up. And I'm, I'm so proud of her for taking that and running with that concept. Um, I also have a word of the year, Rick. Uh, I can't share it with you because my wife won't let me share it on live radio uh, in public. And she won't even let me share it in private. But anyway, I do have a word. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we're going to leave the listeners uh, thinking about that as we take our final break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we are back on the work-life balance. We've been visiting with uh, Devin Henderson. And Devin, you know, you, you're a keynote speaker. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what does that look like for you? Sure. Uh, I come into companies, I do about an hour keynote. I, typically, it's that when life is hard, laugh harder. Uh, I, I interject one or two little magic tricks into that. They come away learning how to laugh, how to use humor to be more productive. Um, it's not just about goofing around. It's about how to basically uh, make more money and add more value to their business. So that's, that's what the keynote is. A lot of times people will also use me as sort of a speaker-entertainer combo. Like I just got back from North Dakota and did a thing up there for the uh, Association of County Engineers. I think I got that. Yeah, I got that right. A great group. Well, it was for about 200 guys. Um, got to just hang out over the course of a couple of days, eat breakfast with them, have lunch with them, just talk in the hallway learn about their problems, and they brought me in the opening night as their uh, entertainer. So, uh, like I say, just 200 people, smaller group, um, but it was intimate, it was fun, it was cool. We, I did some mentalism, read people's minds, freaked them out, you know, that stuff that, that I've been working on forever. Uh, they liked it, and, and that was cool because it really, really warmed it up for the next day. So when I did the message, I just felt like they were that much more receptive to who I am and to hearing the message because they already knew something about me, and we had had breakfast together. So, uh, yeah, you know, a bunch of different things like that in uh, a couple of different keynote topics. I don't need to get into all that now. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it looks like for me. That's awesome, man. And, and I'll tell you, I've, I've had a tremendous amount of fun. And, and I think if anybody has listened to this show, um, they would want to have that amount of fun with, with you and their organization. So how would they find you? How, how do we book you? How, how do we get you into our companies? Sure. Just go to my website, devinhenderson.com, and there's a form on there uh, for availability and pricing. Just fill that out. My booking coordinator will get back to them uh, with information about how to book from there. And, uh, you know, they, but, you know, you're obviously booked until 2019, though, right? I mean, that's that's the mm, good stuff. 2021, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, uh, and so of course we, we always like to get to this question. Uh, you know, what's, what's the, the best advice you've ever been given? Never go into a Build-A-Bear if you have four girls. There you go. <laughs> right. So not, not necessarily advice you've been given, but advice you would warn others. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's been given to me and I, and I give it now. I give it to you freely. <laughs> I I had a guy one time tell me, cherish your girls, man, cherish them, they grow up fast. I was like, really? Feels like it's taking forever, bro. Man. (laughs) Certainly on the bank account. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) I get get all kinds of advice um, from people. I'm I'm blanking, man. I'm really trying to think of something of of value, of of serious to give. And, man, I, I think... I really think that, um, that some of the best advice I wasn't maybe given directly, but that I that I heard someone else speak is is just about prioritizing your life, um, faith, family, and friends, the three S in that order, um, and, and that's what it's about for me. You know, faith first, family, and then friends, uh, and that was given to me by Dan Mears. He's actually Casey Wolf for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been their mascot for 25 years, and we've actually become good buds because now he's getting more into 
Corbett speaking. Because at some point, I'm sure he's going to hang up the wolf suit. And if you ever hear him speak, incre- incredible story. He, he had a near-death experience um, during one of his practice stunts for KC Wolf. <laughs> uh, it was a bungee jump, zipline combo trick where he <laughs> landed, crashed into the seats, uh, broke like every, every rib in, in his body, collapsed a lung, uh, was in the hospital for nine days in intensive care. Um, so when you hear him speak, I mean, it's straight from the heart. He just cries constantly in his speech, but he just hits that home over and over again. Faith, family, friends, that's what it's about for me. Uh, because I, if, I figure if I'm going to take advice from anybody, take it from a guy who almost died. Sure. Right? I mean, who was there, like, on death's door, looking back, saying, what has really been important in this life? Um, so that's the dude I want to learn from. Absolutely. And, and being in Kansas City, I'm a you know huge Eric, uh, Eric Berry fan, so go Vols, baby, so... Okay. We, we love our Eric Berry. Yeah, yeah. So anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we uh, wrap up the show here? You know, yeah. Uh, quote from Charlie Chaplin. A day without laughter is a day wasted. There you go. See, now there, there's your moment of inspiration you were looking for. There's the advice that you were looking for. There right it there. was. There, it just, yeah, that was it. That, that just answered your question. <laughs> well, listen, Devin, we appreciate you jumping on at short notice. It, it was fantastic getting to know you. Uh, appreciate you being on the show. And, and, and well, hopefully, I'm, I'm you know, when I hit KC, Eric, man, so. there you go. Hopefully when I hit KC next week, uh, maybe you can join us, man. I'd love to meet you in person. Hey, that'd be great, man. All right. So for everyone else, uh, next week we're working on a show. Uh, we're, we're trying to get this uh, pulled together. We had an announcement, uh, hopefully, for, for, for a great friend of mine, but uh, we're not sure if, if that's going to come to fruition. If not, we'll be talking about the launch of No Day But Today uh, again. So the book is going to launch on Tuesday. We're super, super excited about that. Uh, looking to push that up to the bestseller ranks. Uh, so please watch for that. Watch for the announcements on social media. Uh, as that uh, book will release. Uh, for those of you that are in Birmingham, I will see you at the Camicon uh, convention this weekend. And for everyone else, please join us again next Friday at the Work-Life Balance. We'll be talking to you soon. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, can't uh, thank you enough for giving us your time on the show. We'll talk to you again next week. This has been the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.